you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac <clears throat> are on tap to help us navigate the show. I really thought I was going to make it that time. You no did joke. make it. What happened? Man, I, I don't know. I, I, and I, <laughs> I honestly feel like I'm I'm over it, but they're just those moments. So... I wonder, anyway, it's not becoming mental, huh? What a letdown. No, <laughs> come on, I'm stronger than that. <laughs> I hope. I mean, my goodness. Can you imagine just clearing your throat because your mind says clear your throat? Um, no, that's, and, and I feel like everybody listening is like, nah, there's really something there, brother. <laughs> that wasn't just a sound she made. It was productive. No, it just, I thought it was over, and I'm <laughs> sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Wow. She's so common, okay? And, and, and who knows why? Why? What? A, a Fifteen years ago, they let her have a microphone. We don't know. Well, you didn't do this 50, 15, 50, 15 years ago. Watch it, brother. Watch it, brother. I'm just. Saying. Um, you mean clearing the throat? Yeah. Yeah. If I would have, they would not have hired me. <laughs> okay, that's a story for another day. Oh, um, man. you guys need to focus. You have a hard time focusing. It's Monday. Welcome to Aaron the Addisons. Thank yes. you so much for listening. We recognize that you could be listening to any other program or mm-hmm. podcast, and probably you do have others. We're your favorite. Thanks for that. <laughs> we wow. appreciate it. It means a lot. They prefer that to the throat clearing. <laughs> I guarantee a good snort is not as offensive as clearing your throat really? repeatedly. <laughs> studies have shown. What studies? You, none. Not a single one. However, if you begin a statement with studies have shown or something like, you know, the statistics, then people think that you mean that, like that it's a fact. Right. And that just, you know, anyway. Um, all right. So welcome to the program. Mm-hmm. Today we are going to, the topic is All Lives Matter. All Lives Matter. We are going to talk with Kendra White and also Ann Cockrell, who co-host Hannah's Heart, um, heard week weekends on Saturday, I want to say at 5 Central. We'll get all of the details worked out and just talk about the conversation that we're having in culture today with the overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, this month as we celebrate the sanctity of human life. Mm. Uh, how do we navigate IVF, in vitro fertilization, um, in light of our pro-life stance and the value and the dignity of human life. We're going to have a conversation around that. There's a lot of alarmism, I guess, taking place uh, in the wake of the overturning of Roe versus Wade and maybe causing some unnecessary uh, conflict maybe in the minds of of Christians. Mm. Uh, so we'll talk about that um, and, and just have honest conversations. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I, I well, and, and I'll bring it up when we actually have the conversation. I have had some some thoughts about in vitro fertilization yeah. and embryos being frozen and We've kept. I remember a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially I stumbled upon, and this was unrelated to Hannah's heart. Hannah's heart wouldn't come, you know, until years later, but this was just me as I do for the people. Okay. <laughs> Read things. 
um, just reading information and, and, and trying to learn where some of the conversations are happening so that right. we can show up there. That's what we feel like our responsibility is, right. um, where the conversation's taking place, and then go stand there with the truth of Scripture right. and, and let's talk about it. And so a few years ago, I was reading some articles that were talking about um, – all of these unclaimed embryos yeah, or these embryos that have been shocking. deserted. You remember that? Yes, I mean, oh I my goodness. That. I wish I'd pulled that for today um, because I had the numbers in front of me, but we were talking about thousands of embryos, which again, yeah. um, we, my conviction <laughs> based on scriptures that we're right. talking about people. Right. Yes. We have to Humans. view that. That's how we have to view it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so the question of like, how what long happened? do you house them? Yeah. Um, yeah. The great expense of housing these people, the articles <laughs> kept saying embryos. And so we did kind of like want to cross reference and, right. and see, and it turns out that this is actually a thing. So we were reading several articles and, and actually a few years ago, we were reading these articles with our kids in the living room. Just, you know, mm -hmm. I was reading them aloud and just kind of, talking through with them okay do we have an ethics problem here like is yeah. this unethical to just house fertilized eggs that yeah. are embryos that are people right and then the question and it, these articles were not written by anybody it was not from a christian outlet you mm -hmm. know um and so it was just the question of like you know when do you discard them how long do you how and long discard, are you responsible I mean, for i mean right you know Unless, yes. unless you can fix it in your mind that when 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 they are being discarded, it's kind of like dying. Like they're, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how people actually view that because if you're gonna take the view, which I do, that these are human beings, like, yes, yes, you, you can't discard them. You, you can't do that. Yeah. No. I. I. You know. The I, the only view that we can take, and I say this because I want to be careful. I know that we have many people listening, yeah. and indeed, you know this this is the conversation that the program Hannah's Heart explores yeah. every weekend, um, among others. But I think that you can only take the biblical position. I'm yeah. I'm not going to take a convenient or expedient position when we talk about an egg being fertilized. We are talking about life, right? If 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 we don't have if we don't have life at conception, then why do we call it pregnancy? Why do we call it ab abortion? What are you putting it into? What right. What are you stopping? Right. What are you stopping? And so yeah. um, anyway, we're going to have that conversation today and uh, go into a, a lot of detail and talking about how we can have a biblical position on the issue of life, asking some of the tough questions. Can IVF be uh, done ethically and according to biblical conviction? And, and what should be the Christian's response? How does the Christian show up to be a part of that conversation? Um, and especially because this conversation now is flowing out of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And mm -hmm. so you may be unaware that the conversation that is currently being had is that, oh, no, they've overturned Roe and now they're coming for in vitro fertilization. And, and so, yeah, go ahead. Now go say, go ahead. If you notice, we like the conversation that we had about palliative care, is that how you yeah. say it? You know, yeah. it's like these same conversations have the same um, tenor to them. Like it's, it's, do we value life, you know? And, yes. And yes. When you, if you're talking about this or if you're talking about when someone's get, getting older, like if, if their life is still valuable, man, these conversations seem like they, they are more and more important today than they've been in the past. I, don't I know. agree. It, 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 and I'm, I'm like, man, you know, these are things that we have to be solid on. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll say this, and, and I'll bring this up again when we have Kendra and Ann on with us, 
because I think that I, I would like to have them speak to this. My conviction, the more I think about what we're doing in culture, mm-hmm. there are so many things that to me it appears that we believe that we have a certain equality with God, that we have yes. the right to do whatever right. we want. Right. And and usually the right we believe we have yeah. is a self-serving right. Yeah. It is, I believe I have the right to this because I want this or I want to do that. And I'm going to make a statement and I'll make the statement again and and have Kendra and Ann speak to this, mm-hmm. uh, giving me their, their commentary on it. But I just, I don't see in scripture where uh, children are a right, that mm. you have a right to children. I see children being uh, described as a gift yeah. from God. Um, I think that children have a right to, to parents, mm-hmm. right? Because they exist. So they have been given life by God. And I believe that children have a right to, to have a, a stable home that child didn't ask to be born. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a responsibility to those who are weak among us who need care. This is something that parents do instinctively. We don't even usually don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. But I think this idea that I have a right to a child mm-hmm. um, rather than seeing children as a blessing and an opportunity to, to rear a child, um, that that child would grow in the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes we can get off the rails by thinking, you know, I have a right. I have yeah. a right. I have a right. Yeah. And so then there's no stop. There's no end right. to what people do to secure that quote unquote right. And you know, something else That's that, play, that, that plays into these conversations is the heartstrings and uh, of, of humans. Like, so yeah. what I mean is like, even with end of life, you know, it's being made to to feel like, man, I'm doing a good thing by putting them out of certain pain and, and suffering. Right. I'm doing a good thing. Or like with these embryos, well, we need a, a bunch of, like, you know, we need enough. So having many and just kind of storing them, it's not a bad thing Goodness. because it's, I think it plays into kind of our, our mindset of like, man, I, I'm actually mm-hmm. doing something right. And I, I think that has to be challenged sometimes. And it's know? a move, I think, often these conversations, even as you talk about uh, euthanasia, um, which I think is a legitimate conversation to have when you're talking about all mm-hmm. lives matter, um, the moves that people are making are usually self-serving moves. Like, I yeah. I feel better about myself that I am, quote-unquote, putting this person out of his or her misery. And we had right. this conversation also um, with our kids recently because the conversation came up in our home. Yeah. And um, this idea that if a person is dying of a critical illness and there is no longer any treatment for that person, the idea that you should just put them out to pasture (laughs) or that you, you you, you know what I'm saying? And and the example that I used when when we were talking to our son mainly, because he Mm. was kind of like of the mind, well, isn't it loving, you know? And so what we want to do is think biblically, not just think with our emotions. Remember, that's not supposed to be what leads us. And one of the questions I was asking is, does all life have value? Right. Does all life have value? And from where is that value derived? Right. It's because we are made in the image of God, not only the image of God, but the image and the likeness of God. And that is so important to understand. There's so much about us that the Lord reveals himself right through the way he has made us and designed us. And of course that's beyond the scope of what we're prepared to talk about today. Yeah. But you know, one of the thoughts is if you've got, you've got a, a dryer or a washer that's on its last leg, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a wonka wonk, a wonka wonk. <laughs> and, and you're just what it still can wash the clothes, just not the way it once did. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We just like, I'm not going to let it die on me. I'm going to take it out. And mm-hmm. so we unplug it and we get a new one. Well, 
that's not a person. Right. We don't do that with people. Right. And so even in the question of like how we navigate life and conception mm-hmm. and when we're talking about embryos i think it's easier to use those terms because it disconnects us from the fact that we're talking about life if yeah. you've got people mm-hmm. that are conceived that you have fertilization then what what are you talking about if you right. say well now you know we have them and they're unclaimed and so now we're going what we just toss them out and i think for pro lifers this is the conversation that we have to wrestle with. We have to wrestle with our ethics and say, okay, what is, is there an ethical way for us to um, benefit from the blessings of, of, of technology and science? And, and, and we'll have that conversation today. And, and I think it's going to be a really good one because I know that Anne and Kendra, we've had them on before, are very thoughtful on these issues. So hopefully our listeners can stick around for that. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who participated in the preborn campaign to save lives. And, and it's so it's all folded into one discussion as we mm-hmm. agree with God that life has value. Yeah. Um, our friends over at the Radiance Foundation, they say life has purpose and, and it's on purpose by God's plan. Like mm-hmm. God is sovereign. I don't care what it is that we think we're able to do. The Lord remains the sovereign one, the supreme one. And so thank you to everyone who participated in that. Um, If you were listening and you thought, hey, I'm going to get around to it and you just didn't, uh, the AFR.net landing page for Preborn will be up until Tuesday afternoon. So you can still avail yourself to that if that's something that the Lord is leading you to do. You can go to AFR.net, AFR.net. But thanks to everyone who participated to agree with God that life has purpose and we should do all that we can to help defend and protect it. Um, before we go to the break, which I don't even know if we have enough time. Will the great, I don't know that it would do it justice because I, you were talking <laughs> to me over this weekend about something that you've been praying and asking yeah. the Lord for. And as often happens in a marital relationship, that becomes like a challenge for me. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to bring that to air because I thought, as much as it challenged and encouraged me, it might challenge and encourage our listeners. I hear the music. <laughs> I'm not going to just talk through it. I mean, I will, but, you know, not beyond it. Right. So what I'm thinking we may do, if if we don't get to it today, depending on how our conversation goes with Ann and Kendra, mm-hmm. um, maybe another day. Yeah. Because I, I, I could see unpacking this over an entire program and looking at what the Lord expects of us and how we should pray, what what we should ask of God as mm. it pertains to us. I think this is, um, anyway, big question. Yes. So this is Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We are going to grab the break. On the other side of the break, we will visit with Hannah's Heart co-hosts, Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Please make sure you come right back on the other side of the break. I'm generally a good person. I make it to church when I can. Christ calls us to something deeper and more fulfilling than just being a pretty good person. He invites us to be transformed into His image. I might cheat on my taxes once in a while, but I never cheat on my wife, so I look at them, cancel out each other. Trying to do good things apart from Christ is like gluing oranges onto a dead tree. We can try to attach all the fruit we want, but it doesn't change the tree. In the same way, God isn't impressed by some good works tacked onto a dead person. He wants to make us alive, like a growing tree that produces real fruit. The Apostle Paul says that as we contemplate the Lord's glory, we will be transformed into His likeness. 
Are you spending time with God in prayer and His Word, letting Him transform you into His image? With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in His image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in Scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the Scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. On January 12th, a tornado tracked across several southern states, leaving significant damage. Eight Days of Hope is going to the hard-hit area of Selma, Alabama, and we need your help. Here's Eight Days of Hope president, Steve Tiber. We're looking for people who just want to serve others. You know, you don't have to be super gifted. Every disaster gives an opportunity for a believer to share a glimpse of Jesus Christ. On a moment's notice, your life can change, and you don't know what to do, and all of a sudden you get a knock on your door. And there's a dozen volunteers that have come from all over the country. And homeowners usually, uh, they just start to weep. They, they're so blown away that volunteers they don't even know would come to their house to help them. That's the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Volunteers must be 18 or older. Meals and lodging will be provided. Come and be the hands and feet of Jesus. For more information or to volunteer, visit 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Such a sweet song. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Melanie Waldman and Palace. Overwhelmed. His part's sweet, too, but... I mean, it's I so like good. his part, right. you know. Bro. I know you do. I know, I know. That's that's why we make such a good team. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Anyways, um, welcome back to the program. All Lives Matter, that is the topic of yes. our conversation today. And joining us to discuss that and the reason IVF is making headlines here in the wake of the overturning of Roe versus Wade are the co-host of Hannah's Heart Heard Saturdays on American Family Radio at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Kendra White and Ann Cockrell join us today. Um, Kendra, I'm going to start with you here. Hello, friend. Great to <laughs> be with you again. Thanks for having us on. I, I feel like this is the first time I'm talking to you on the air since you are a mother. Oh, my goodness. Life changing. You all okay. tried to prepare me, but nothing prepares you. <laughs> nothing. Right. <sighs> right. For sure. There's there's no amount of conversations 
there's no amount of like front row seat watching either. Mm. Once you're doing it, it's it's totally different. How old is your daughter? She is six months in just a few days. Wow. Perfect. Love it, love it. Okay, <laughs> and then Anne, I feel like when we had you guys on last, you were expecting yes. your daughter. <laughs> yes, okay, you, you guys just appreciate how much I, a mom of six, keep up with your life. Yeah, I'm impressed. Man. I'm very okay. impressed because I yeah. was trying to remember too. I was like, I don't right. know. But I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I feel like that's what we were talking about. But tell our listeners a little bit before we jump into the meat of our discussion today, which I really appreciated you guys um, providing so many links for me to be able to do a little bit of a dive into our conversation that we're going to have today. Um, But before we get into that, tell our listeners a little bit about the program, Hannah's Heart. What's your aim behind the program and what's been the response? Mm. Well, so it kind of just started in my heart actually before I worked at AFA. And then as I, because my husband and I struggled with infertility. And then as I met some ladies here um, who also struggled with infertility, it just kind of grew into this ministry. And it was going to start out just kind of focusing on just infertility and miscarriage. And it's kind of grown into a podcast radio show ministry um, that also focuses on foster care and adoption, just different ways that the Lord um, grows your family and um, mm-hmm. how all of our stories look so different. But as long as we're letting the Lord lead us in our decisions, just how he can bless our families. Amen. So what's been the response, Kendra? What kind of feedback have you guys gotten um, since you began producing the show? We've had several couples that were like, this is exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. Like we were dry and weary and yeah. like, Thank you for this. Um, I think a lot of people feel very alone in this Mm -hmm. struggle. And so to find um, someone that's talking about the issues that they're feeling, but not just talking in a like complaining way, because there are, you can find plenty of ministries or not ministries, but many of um, Facebook groups that will um, complain about, oh, it's Mother's Day and I don't want to go to church and this and that. But a ministry that will also help point you to Christ in the Mm -hmm. center of that journey and to help Mm -hmm. keep you grounded um, because that's what we needed. And that just need for community, I think is, is really important because it's, it's one in eight couples that that Mm -hmm. do struggle with infertility. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so chances are we are in our local fellowships with couples Mm -hmm. who are struggling with infertility, maybe sometimes in silence, maybe sometimes not in silence, but the fact of the matter is based on those numbers, Many of us are in church on a regular basis with people who probably have some unmet needs as far as this topic goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell our listeners what IVF is. Like when we, we talk about um, infertility and then we talk about how um, there there are options, I guess, to remedy that. Um, talk about what in vitro fertilization is. Yeah. So um, I'm actually I'm going to play a clip here. We had okay. um, an awesome guest on the program a few weeks ago um, from a um, faith-based clinic in Knoxville. This is actually the clinic that my husband and I got to partner with um, when we went through our fertility treatments. And um, I think it is important that we go into what is scientifically happening before we Mm -hmm. can determine what a biblical worldview is, you know, around this. So um, he's going to break down kind of the history of IVF and um, also lead into this discussion of why are there so many frozen embryos mm. that are in existence? Yes. And that's really going to lead into our discussion today about um, how, how, is this, how is this affecting the pro-life conversation? Right. Very good. Okay, let's roll the clip. So IVF came on the scene in 1978 with the birth of Louise Brown. 
And so in that situation, Dr. Steptoe and Edwards in England went ahead and removed the one egg that her mother was about to ovulate. They did a laparoscopic surgery through the belly button. They got the one egg. They put the egg in a dish in an incubator. They put some sperm in with the egg. The egg fertilized the next day. The day after that, they put the embryo back in the uterus, and nine months later, Louise Brown was born. And that was the world's first test tube baby. Now, the problem is it was hard to do. You had to go through a surgery to get the egg, and sometimes you didn't get the egg or didn't fertilize or didn't grow. So by the late 80s, some changes had happened that made it much more accessible, where you could do the egg removal using a vaginal ultrasound. So you could do that in the office under some sedation. You didn't have to go to the operating room. And then doctors were like, well, you could go after one egg, and we still do a natural cycle IVF here where we go after the one egg. But instead, doctors started to use mild fertility drugs like Clomid, figuring if you got two to four eggs, then that would be a little bit better. So they went ahead and and were able to get more eggs. And then they figured out that you could freeze the extra embryos. So if you fertilize that egg and you had four eggs that fertilized and you only wanted to put back two um, then you could freeze the other embryo or two if it had developed over the next couple of days. You could freeze it in liquid nitrogen and then come back years later and, and use that frozen embryo. And now the very first frozen embryo baby was, I believe, 1988, and that was in, in uh, Australia, actually. Hmm. So um, then doctors were like, well, okay, that two to four eggs was good, but maybe like 10 or 20 eggs would be better because then we could have a just a ton of eggs because how could you have too many eggs and that's where we kind of went a little bit off the rails because we started getting problems where patients had these huge ovaries and that's called ovarian hyperstimulation because the drugs that we used were these powerful injectable drugs uh, hormones that they would take and then um, we would have a bunch of extra embryos so a couple would jump into IVF and they would you know be excited they got 22 eggs and they fertilized and of the 22 eggs 18 of them fertilized by putting sperm with them and then as the embryos grew there were say 14 good embryos and they put back one or two and had a child and they came back a year or two later and used one or two of their frozen embryos had another child then they had like a little oops along the way and said wow i don't know where that kid came from and now they have three kids and then their families complete their mind and then they freak out because now they have these 12 remaining embryos that they didn't really think about what that would mean. Mm. Man, you know, I, I was listening to this clip uh, in preparation for the program, and I just thought, my goodness. And so now we respond to that because somewhere, and you guys tell me if these numbers are accurate, but somewhere I read and um, that there are like almost a million mm-hmm. frozen embryos mm. in America. That's wow. right. And let's just replace, for some people listening, that word frozen embryo with mm-hmm. child created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because that is what that a person. is. Exactly. A person. A person. Right. We're talking about a person. Right. So, <clears throat> okay, so that causes a conflict in my mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially when you say we're going to discard this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you ask the question, what do we do with all these embryos as if you're talking about where are we going to put the trash? Mm-hmm. So you guys tell us as believers, Bible-believing Christians, how we navigate this conversation in light of the truth of God's word and agreement, in agreement with God that people are made in his image and because of that have value and worth. Well, I think the discussion begins with not discarding life that's made in the image of God. Amen. I think we can all agree on that, that the God's word is clear. Um, 
so I think what we want to help believers understand is that no amount of emotional arguments can overshadow that point that That's this right. is a child. And it be for, for my husband and I, um, when we found out we were struggling with in, infertility and that in vitro was the immediate option that they suggested. Um, as I started looking into what the typical protocol is for this, mm. I was like, this is a, this is a no go. Mm. Yeah. I've believed my whole life that life begins at conception. I can't change or not even change, but just ignore that, yes. kind of push yes. it to the background right. and move forward with this procedure as if that I don't know that that exists. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, if you're listening, I, I know that there are a lot of different ways that God might call different families. Um, he might call some of you to 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 go have some fertility treatments. Um, some of you, he may say, no, I don't even want you to go to the doctor. I want you to go this route. Mm. But let's let's just be honest. Um, if, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, I don't think any of us with a clear conscience can be okay with life being um, disposed of. And, and yeah. what typically happens with these nearly a million lives is there's three options. One is um, they are discarded. Mm -hmm. Two is they are donated to science, which is mm. the same as discarding. Right. Right. They are right. not given a chance to live. Um, or three, they are either kept in storage indefinitely mm -hmm. or potentially can be um, adopted, yeah. which there are ministries that exist that are trying to help these couples. Mm. Um, in fact, the, the, the clinic that I worked with, they partner with um, the National Embryo Donation Center. It's a Christian ministry that is trying to, one, help, um, inform people about not creating more of the of the issue of unwanted, yeah. really um, frozen embryos, and um, then they're also trying to help these embryos find homes. So I right. think important is to take the emotional aspect of how desperately you want a child off of the table. Um, I think couples need to um, pray and seek the Lord and decide um, financially, like how can we be good stewards? Because you can easily, if you let this become your obsession. You can go two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Wow! Um, and Within just a few yeah, days, it, it can. Wow. Ooh, that money can go quick. Yeah. Um, so I, I would. I don't want to um, tell couples what to do, but I, I would say um, there are some options that are life affirming and, in my opinion, um, consistent with a biblical worldview. Um, if you're okay with taking mm -hmm. fertility medicines and even in the realm of IVF, I think there are some options. Um, the, the doctor that we had on, he discussed something called a natural cycle IVF. That's just creating as one mm -hmm. <laughs> and implanting mm -hmm. one and you don't have to freeze them or, or worry about mm -hmm. that. Um, you can also do something called minimal stimulation IVF, which is um, only trying to stimulate and create as many as you're comfortable implanting. So you might be trying for twins or triplets or mm -hmm. something like right. that. Um, but I, I think that believers need to be educated about what we're really talking about on this issue. Yeah, because unfortunately there's also, it was a few years ago where um, a plant that stored these lives mm. uh, lost power and mm. they didn't have generator wow. set up. Wow. And so it was thousands mm. of embryos that were lost in that. And so also mm. the issue comes up where, from what I understand, us as America as a whole don't view this as life. Right. As like adoption. It's a conversation. Yeah, considered property. Property, mm -hmm. right, mm. when you're talking about it in legal sense. And so when those people lost that property, it wasn't viewed as they've just wow. lost a child. Mm. Right. It was viewed as they just lost... Well, 
let, mm. let's let's kind of drill down wow. to how we can get to the place where we actually don't view these people, these little persons, how we don't view them as people and how maybe we've gotten to the place where we view them as property. I'm going to throw out a statement. This is my conviction. You guys feel free to to shout me down and to say, Miki, you don't know. OK, you have no idea. And so therefore you can't comment. Um, I, I would still comment, but <laughs> but, but it's else you guys wouldn't listen. You wouldn't. OK, um, but here here's what I'm going to say. I I can't find anywhere in scripture where we have a right to children, mm-hmm. where children mm-hmm. are something that we should demand of God that we have a right now having an expectation yeah having a strong desire yes and and we see the lord even meeting us where we are with that it's a god-given desire mm-hmm. but i think in america maybe in other countries as well we are seeing the effects of children being viewed as a right, which means Mm -hmm. I will do whatever it takes for me to have what I should have. Mm -hmm. And so then even in the way that this is often approached, sometimes the heart sees the child as property, something that Mm -hmm. I should have. Um, You guys help me navigate this and help me make sense of it. There's a website called Us Before Them that we just found out about. We just found out about it. And it's interesting because they talk about how um, parents don't have rights to have children. Children have a right to have parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the issues that comes up in this world of fertility treatment is sometimes a couple will say, okay, I'm so desperate to have a child. I'm going to consider an egg donor or a sperm donor Mm -hmm. outside of that marriage covenant. And, um, this website talks a little bit about the emotional impact that that has on the on children of mm-hmm. wondering, you know, well, the who second is half. my biological father. Right. When you there's no you, you can't go back and connect right. that. And of course, that happens in regular adoption where many children wonder about their biological. Right. But that's right. a situation um, where a child is being rescued from a situation sure. that was not. And healthy. this is a situation that we're creating from the start with right. sperm and egg donors because you do that anonymously Mm -hmm. and there's actually it's a documentary i think it's on netflix where a man has 600 kids Mm -hmm. because he was a sperm donor and they're getting paid there's a lot of college students being paid to do this so there's money behind it there's an incentive behind it oh yeah so in in like the simplest of terms Mm -hmm. do you guys do you guys believe that adults have a right to have children or is this something that we've kind of created based on our strong desire Definitely think it's something we've created. Emotionally driven, for sure. And it's something the left is using um, to uh, try to make pro-lifers um, seem like they have a double standard. Okay, so let's. This that's a great way to anchor us as we go into the break. Let's pick up right here when we come back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Our guest, the co-host of Hannah's Heart, Anne and Kendra. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. And thanks. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible, and we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will Nazanti with Jesus Called My Name. Our topic today is All Lives Matter. And if you've just joined us, we are just a bunch of old embryos sitting around talking about. <laughs> That's funny. The value of life. Thank you. I worked on that one during the break. That was it just good, occurred Mickey. to me that if you want, if you want to sensationalize a conversation, just call yourself an old embryo. I love it. And see how quick. So anyway, thank you guys for allowing me to test that out on you. I'll use it again Very since I good. see that it worked. Uh, Kendra White and Ann Cockrell, who co-host Hannah's Heart, heard Saturdays at 5 p.m. on American Family Radio, join us today to help us with this discussion that all lives matter, even those mm. that are frozen right frozen, now yeah. in Man. America. Um, Before we went to the break, though, Kendra, you kind of like threw down the gauntlet. You said that there is. (laughs) She's good at that. (laughs) She is great at throwing down the gauntlet. Like, okay, challenge. Here we go. So we're coming back. 
We're going to have this conversation because there are many people who would say you guys claim to be pro-life, but you are selectively pro-life. And and Mm -hmm. what they mean by that is that you are pro-IVF or maybe you're not. I don't know what position they take, but they say you want to um, curtail the quote unquote rights of women um, to decide their reproduction and then maybe allow other people to, to do something that is opposite. I don't know. How is the argument um, laid out in culture today? And I hate to say in terms of like left versus right, but I know that there's some alarmism that's happening in the wake of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And there there are people who saying who are saying now that this will affect uh, fertility clinics and what happens to uh, the embryos that are currently frozen and housed at these clinics. And by the way, um, do we know how many ferti- fertility clinics, like a, a ballpark number that we have in this country? I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know, know the number. I know okay. there are very few that are considered a no discard clinic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that there's okay. about, in 2020, was it around 600,000 frozen embryos? Wow. I think. My goodness. It, wow. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm just trying to, because I'm trying to get an idea of like, how huge this conversation is that we probably should be having more of it. We probably you know what should I mean? because like I, you don't hear it a lot. Well, maybe no. it's just you know where I am, but and I was thinking, did did you guys talk about it on your show? And you said, yeah, you, you have talked about it. Because mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder about the feedback because it's become a yeah a soapbox yeah. issue yeah. for me because my husband and I dealt with it and yeah. like I had this okay. strong desire to be a mm-hmm. mom, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, when they say, oh, this is your option, mm-hmm. um, I think that. Um, it's important that before you act, you ask questions, yeah. mm-hmm. no matter That's what right. treatment is offered. And yeah. you can't just stick your head That's in good. the sand and say, oh, we didn't know we weren't right. being responsible for life. Right. Like, no, that's on Mm-mm. you to find. Now, that being said, Anne made a great point when we were off air about there might be some people listening that have mm-hmm. already done IVF. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, Or maybe somebody who was um, the the product of a sperm or egg donor. Mm-hmm. Right. Every mm-hmm. life is sacred, however yes. it is, is created. If, For sure. If, you know, and that is definitely not what we're here today to like down anybody. And God yeah. is a forgiving God. Of mm-hmm. course. He th- can. We just feel like it needs to, it's a topic that just needed to be observed. And I, the day that um, Roe v. Wade got overturned, we had someone reach out that day and be like, questioning us on this topic <laughs> wow. and I called Kendra and I was like I'm very confused what they're talking about am I not understanding mm-hmm. what just passed because like I was so excited Roe v. Wade got overturned I cried I was mm-hmm. so excited right. yeah. but then I'm all of a sudden getting messages through Hannah's heart where people are like okay so I'm going through fertility treatments this is what you stand for like mm-hmm. how are you how is this a good thing and so I was like I don't know <laughs> my dad sent me this article that USA Today released yeah, and he yeah. was like oh no are you gonna still be able to you know, have children, you know, because wow. that is the way the left has painted it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Mickey, to your point, you, you're saying how, you know, how is it that they're presenting it? Let me just read the yeah. title of this article. Common okay. process by which people get pregnant is in legal jeopardy. Some Democrats want to legally protect IVF. Mm-hmm. So if you pair that with some of the news stories that have had videos associated with it, which I don't know if you got to see some of those links, Miggy, but they will show I did. footage yeah, I did. of a family, a nice couple mm-hmm. walking with their daughter and saying... Oh, I'm just so grateful that IVF exists. We wouldn't have. First of all, let me just say this. The Roe v. Wade reversal has absolutely nothing legally to do no. with 
the current IVF in any state. It has not mm. changed the mm. rule or process mm-hmm. anywhere. Right. Yeah. So Dr. That was, Gordon spoke on that mm-hmm. on that episode we shared. Because his clinic had a ton right. of people calling and he said people were calling like he was like friends of mine that have their embryos stored at our clinic mm-hmm. were saying we're gonna have to move to a blue state. We are I need our embryos wow. safe. And he was like, I I have no idea what you're referring <laughs> yeah. to right now. And then they were the ones enlightening him and he's like no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not true at all. Exactly. So it mm. wasn't, uh, it was a scare tactic. It was a red herring being used yeah. by the left. But it does bring up the question of, um, you know, a lot of states are passing laws to define mm-hmm. now life and when it begins. And if you do define life as beginning at conception, mm-hmm. which we believe, mm-hmm. then that does have ramifications of how fertility treatments are, are done. Right. It doesn't necessarily outlaw all IVF, but it's it does say there needs to be some limits put in place as far as if you're going to create life, you mm-hmm. have to be responsible with right. what you then yeah. do with if it. If you're not planning on having 20 babies, which not many people, yes. that's <laughs> not usually the plan. Right. right. Let's be responsible and not create 20 babies. Yeah. So where right. is the accusation um, of having a double standard? Where is that accusation targeted? Like what what do the left see as a double standard on the part of of faithful Christians who are pro-life? Like help me understand that. I think it goes back to your question about do we have the right to become a parent? So, you know, they see it as you're limiting my right mm-hmm. and you, you, you're you pro-children, but here this family has a right to have children. And let's be honest, one, one aspect of this whole discussion that um, comes into play, <clears throat> a, a lot of those that are seeking fertility treatments are same-sex couples that say, I have a right to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I love about the National Embryo Donation Center is that they do require a home study mm-hmm. and for you to be married for at least three years and to be a man and a woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, before okay. adopting these embryos that yeah. would otherwise be discarded. So um, it's it's a different biblical worldview of how yeah. we're, you know, how we're approaching the, what is your priority mm-hmm. here? Mm. So when, when if, if we have a couple listening now and they've been married for several years and they're thinking, you know, is IVF something that we should consider? We want to honor the Lord we do desire to have children. We recognize that there mm-hmm. are um, scientific advances that honor the Lord. There are some that do not. Not all advances are really advancing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we recognize that. What should they know and how should they proceed? Like from what conviction should they proceed as they start to sit in offices and listen to all of the information that's going to be uh, presented to them? This is a difficult discussion, and we talk about mm-hmm. this a lot on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several issues that I think come up. First of all is, of course, the life issue. Yeah. Um, that's number one, because um, do not murder. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a top right. 10 on the right. list. Yes. You know, So asking, um, in fact, Dr. Gordon, uh, when my husband and I met with him, I grilled him for one hour asking questions about the process. And, oh, well, you're going to do this to my embryo? Well, is is there any harm to the embryo? Is there is a chance that this is it? Is it the same compared to a natural right. way of getting pregnant? And I had so many questions. <laughs> and it took us a year before we found a clinic that was willing to, um, one, answer my questions without wow. an attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the concept mm-hmm. of a natural cycle IVF or um, the minimal stimulation IVF, which is what my husband and I ended up feeling led to go that route because we were not comfortable even with the idea of frozen, um, even if we had a plan to use them. And, and again, I'm not going to make a, a judgment call for other couples, but when we prayed, that was our, our conviction on this. Yeah. And 
um, we found clinics that they didn't even act like they knew of that because it's just mm. the typical protocol is that we do it this way because it's the most financially beneficial mm-hmm. bang for your buck. But we were like, no, 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 we'll pay, we'll, <laughs> we'll pay more. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. take longer. We'll wait um, in order to do it in a way that honors God. So obviously the, the life issue, ask, ask, ask questions. And you might have to be willing um, to, to travel somewhere else. We had to go to Knoxville six hours away for our treatment because it was so important yeah. to me that the person that was behind that Petri dish understood my values mm-hmm. and what was important to my mm-hmm. husband and I. So of course there's that issue. Um, also things that come into play would be the financial issue right. for a lot of couples. How much does our family invest? What What is a good steward and yeah. what is um, excessive? That's going to be a question with you and your spouse. Another issue is making sure you're on the same page with your spouse because mm-hmm. um, uh, infertility can cause a lot of stress on couples mm. especially if one of yeah. you thinks i want to keep trying this and the other says i'm done right and god has to call you both to the same mm-hmm. endeavor it's important to talk about that one Anything thing else with you? will and i we had to already because we were told february 2021 basically is that right 2021 yeah um that this would be our only option to conceive our biological child and so we had already just felt like the, the lord was calling us to put the brakes on and we had three kiddos through foster care at the time and we knew that we were open to adoption and so I'm definitely not trying to push foster care or adoption on anyone because that definitely has to be a calling that the Lord has put on your heart mm-hmm. on both of your hearts like what you're saying but I that is something that was heavy on my heart like okay am I willing to put thousands and that upon thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for something a procedure that could possibly get me a baby when there's so many babies Mm. here in America in the world that need me as a mama or my house this room in my house you know and so I do Mm. I I would encourage anyone to really pray about that option too not I'm not dissing IVF you know either option Um, but I would definitely always encourage you to say you know God help me if this is a longing that I need to give up for a biological baby because I'd I had to have that prayer and it hurt. Yeah. It hurt for me to say, God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I surrender. Right. I surrender that biological baby if mm-hmm. you haven't called me to have that baby. And um, yeah. And to your point, I think to write these things down before mm. you begin mm-hmm. the process, if you haven't yet started a process of trying some fertility things, write down um, what you feel like. Both both of you pray about it individually. Mm. Come together, pray together, and then write down um, what are going to be the parameters by which yeah. we proceed with caution yeah. um, because it's really easy to get swept yeah. into the emotion and then go, Oh, well, let's just do one more cycle. Let's just do one more cycle. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep doing this. Let's okay. It's, it's, you know, affecting your health and yeah. you know, right. you, you can, push and then yourself. all of a sudden you look back and you're five years yeah. down the road and your you marriage know? is broken and yeah. it's become a obsession. Yeah. Wow. Kendra, let me ask you a personal question here and you can, you know, divulge whatever it is you feel comfortable. But I'm wondering if through this process, when you and your husband made the decision to pursue IVF and even researching and and, um, trying to pursue this in a way that was honoring um, of the Lord and his his righteous standard. Did you ever reach a place where you could say, you know, and even if not, Mm. and even if not. I trust him and he is sovereign. Oh, 
multiple times. I did it once and then I had to keep doing it again (laughs) and I had to keep doing it again. But yes, that was the ultimate aim. I think for me, um, I knew going into my marriage that um, there might be some difficulties for us. We didn't know until we were married, but my, my husband's a paraplegic. And so we knew that there might be some some trouble. And so when, when I said yes to him, I was saying, I, I really prayed about it because I knew I felt called to motherhood. That was something that God had laid on my heart. I just didn't know the how. Mm-hmm. That, you know, was it going to be through adoption or would God give mm-hmm. me a child? But when I said yes to my husband, I had to kind of preemptively <laughs> have that conversation with myself of, will I be obedient to the Lord to marry this man, even if, even if this doesn't result mm-hmm. in a biological child? And that was a process for me of yeah. dying to myself mm-hmm. and dying to my desires um, that honestly really helped once we did get into the actual process um, of knowing um, I do feel God's called me to be a mom right. and that he's called us to, to have a family. And it's now the burden is on God mm. to, to show us how. And yeah. we're just going to mm. be obedient. And I will say this for couples yeah. too because it can be very frustrating if you start down mm-hmm. the process of doing fertility treatments or trying things. And you feel like it keeps failing and mm-hmm. you, yeah. you know, oh, we tried this mm-hmm. medication. It didn't work. Obedience to God will always be honored. Mm-hmm. Even if you try something yeah. and it, and it fails, mm-hmm. but you felt that the Lord led you to go down that path. That is not failure. Yeah. That is obedience. Yeah. And, um, being yeah. willing to just be obedient to him. You know, it's it, so what, interesting. What's I mean, interesting you know, we is, think that. Oh, I oh, think we go got ahead. a delay. But I just wanted to mention this, uh, something from <laughs> our um, someone listening. And I think it's uh, important to what we're talking about. She said, very interesting what you're saying regarding we not deserving to have children. I was never able to get pregnant. My mom had six girls and three of my sisters were able to have children. And I always wanted to. But I asked the Lord one day. And he responded, am I not enough for you? Mm-hmm. So I can understand mm-hmm. Jesus needs to be enough for us, children or not. And he said, God bless y'all. Wow. wow. That's the heart of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is Jesus enough? Yeah. Is salvation mm-hmm. enough for I think for that's you? something we had, to, yeah. we had to answer to. Yeah. Yeah. Will the Great, I think because there's a, a slight delay here, it might be better for you to okay. close it out. I just want to remind our listeners that they can hear Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio every Saturday at 5 Central. And you can also get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, for iPhone, which I think that's the only one that they're... No, I'm just kidding. Or if you have an Android, you <laughs> can also make sure that you can. <laughs> All right. Kendra, and thank you so much for joining us. I think we need to have this conversation ongoingly. Will the Great, what mm. do you say? I say God bless and I say yes.